this morning we are going to get into our message, and uh, and uh, this is a, this is not what I'd planned to preach last week. Uh, we'll maybe do that next week, called the risk of distraction. Um, but God just overwhelmed me this week with with this uh, this mindset, uh, this thought of man how everything was kind of spiraling out of control. It felt like, and and I don't know about you. Every now and then I go on right now on Google and I look up um, Kentucky COVID cases. And I see this chart, and I keep looking at the right side of it, and, uh, and it kind of corresponds with maybe our news feeds and the life and the conversation and the communications that we're hearing around us and what people are talking about um, and what we're seeing on the news maybe is like, and I, and I saw this chart, and it looks like, like at the end, like it just is like, is it ever going to stop? Right? And, 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 I, and I thought, man, that kind of looks like life sometimes. And what happens to us in life, like we're going along and it feels pretty smooth and there's like a bump and then it gets a little better and then it's a bump, a bigger bump. And then, hey, we're through it. It's all good. We're back down. And all of a sudden, poof, like something out of the blue, like rattles us. And so I was thinking, uh, this is a moment of, of chaos uh, for us around us. And it's really tempting in chaos to focus on the wrong things. And I started praying, God, what's some scripture? Where's a passage of scripture that, that as we talk about uh, our series that we're in right now on mission that we could just dive into and spend some time in uh, this week? And I, I want to I share with you the scripture in just a minute that he led me to in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If you have a Bible or your app, I want you to go ahead and grab that. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We'll be reading in verse 7. But here's the thing, I want to remind you, we are in this series called On Mission, where we spent two weeks ago talking about Therefore Go, the great commission that God, that Jesus sent, the last words to his disciples. Like here's, my resurrection is the fuel for you, the focus is to go make disciples, be a disciple, follow me and make followers, and do it through community in the local church. Like that was the message, like it's time for us to go. That was the mission. But here's what happens. Here's our mission, right, that God gives us. But sometimes we're like uh, Jonah. You remember Jonah when God said, hey, Jonah, go to Nineveh. And, and Nineveh's here. And Jonah says, uh, no, right? He goes over here. And sometimes we'll be like this in our own life, right? We know God is calling us to things, is pointing us into things. But we would rather be on the other side of the stage, We'd rather be on the other side of the street. We'd maybe even have our back turned to it. And this might be where you are right now. I don't know. Sometimes I've been here. Like God calling me in a direction and me saying, nope. Over here in this space is comfort. Is like the things I like to do, all the commitments that I have, uh, some complacency, like maybe just like pleasure and joy and it feels safe and easy. Yeah, God's calling us over here. And, and then sometimes we might like, we might flirt with it a little bit. You know, you like kind of walk up to it, you, you kick it, check the wheels. Would you look at that? And you just check it, you know, and you're like kind of, maybe, maybe eventually, maybe sit on it and you spend like this little season or a day or a week or maybe a Sunday morning and you're like, yeah, I'm all in. God, but you got your feet still in the ground, and then Monday comes, and you, you walk out of it. For, for God to do what needs to be done in the midst of chaos, because this is a question that kept burning on my heart. Like, Where will we see God in that chart, 
in this time, in this season, in the midst of chaos and uncertainty and pain and discomfort and all these things, where we will see God? These are the, these are the questions, that, the question that I was asking. And, and here's what has to happen is like the local church, each and every one of us, we have to do this. We have to be the title of this series on mission. Not like sometimes I bump into it. Not like sometimes I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend just a few minutes with God and, and see what he wants me to do, but then i got to go do this other stuff. We can't compartmentalize our, our work and our school and this part of our life and not see that every aspect wholly, like all that we are standing on is only on his mission and purpose and call for us. That's what this series is about, to get you from that side of the stage over here, up on this thing, stand on it, and be, yes, I'm I'm on. I'm on this. I'm with you. I'm following you. When Jesus says, follow me, you just go and you get on this thing and you're along for a ride. So this morning, we're going to talk about focus in the midst of chaos. When we go on mission for Christ, when we are mission, when we are deep and we are with him in his call and his purpose for our life, where do we go? What do we focus on when things get crazy? Let's read the verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Y'all feel like things are crazy? Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. Maybe it's playing out in your relationships. Maybe it's playing out in your home. Maybe it's playing out in your workplace. Maybe it's playing out at school. Maybe it's playing out in your own mind, in your heart, in your own anxieties, and you're scared and all these things, right? If that's where you are, this is where you need to be, reading these verses with me. Oh, that's a, that rhymed, basically like a poet, didn't know it. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. Can you underline treasure, highlight treasure, just remember this great treasure? This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down or persecuted, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving. And God will receive more and more glory. I love both of those more and mores. God's grace reaches more and more people. And God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. I love that. Paul is just laying it out on the line. He's like, here is why we never give up. 
Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. What Paul is saying here, that in the middle of fatigue, of pain, of criticism, of troubles, of worries, of, uh, of chaos, it's important to focus on what you can't see. And so, as we look at this passage of Scripture, we're going to see three things that I think Paul mentioned that we can't see. That today we're going to say, you know what? I can read all the headlines. I can read my newsfeed. I can see all those things. But here are three things, three places that I want you to go with me. I want you to look at when what Paul says here that we can focus on in the midst of chaos and how it can impact our attitudes, our mindsets, our thoughts. Um, and so we're going to look at three places. We're going to look at what's behind you. Okay, we're going to look at what's inside you, and we're going to look at what's in front of you. And when I say behind and in front, that means uh, in, in a timeline, things that are behind you, things that are inside you, and what is in front of you. In verse 10, we find what is behind us, and um and this is something we can't see it every day. It, it, it becomes confusing. It gets lost in, in a bit of the, the chaos and the urgency of the moment that we're in. But in 2 Corinthians 4.10, he says, Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. And so what we have behind us is the cross of Jesus Christ. This is the place I want you to look for just a minute that I want you to see, that I want you to think about. And, and man, this, this passage of Scripture and this time, uh, like I went through and highlighted, you know what I highlighted? All the references to death. Oh, thank you, Jared, Pastor Jared. In this season of uncertainty and chaos, you chose the passage on death. But I want to share something with you about why Paul is talking about it. Because there's something, all this contest and anxiety that's all wrapped up in our hearts that has us all out of sorts and, and difficulty making decisions is really wrapped up in that one thing. And not just in it, but the fear of it. The fear of death. Maybe this brush with the reality and, and the mortality of our bodies and realizing, you know what? I'm not going to live forever. My neighbors aren't going to live forever. I'm not going to be on this earth in this way forever. Maybe it's got us thinking. And he says here that we have in the death of Jesus, he talks about the cross. And what you find in the death of Jesus is actually a thing that should just make you so excited about death. It's because it has no sting anymore. 
that he completely did the thing that nobody else could do, that only God could do. He pledged and had complete victory over death. In the background, in behind us, in the history, we see Jesus Christ and all his cross victory over death. His cross. Paul goes on to say that we are dying with him. That even in death we have nothing to fear. That every day actually we think we're living and we're dying. It's pretty morbid. It's pretty like actually it's just another day off the calendar. But we're going to get to in a minute what the future means. Because in this cross, it reminds us of the suffering that Christ took that we deserved. The pain, the suffering, the place that he was. In that moment, is actually something to celebrate. Because while we might feel like God's wrath is being poured out, and it is being poured out, but his eternal wrath and, and upset and, and righteous wrath for sin and ungodliness was poured out completely and finally on Jesus Christ himself. So that you and I in Christ could have protection from that wrath and the death that we deserve. And, and, and the, the wages of sin or death. Yet we find our hope and our faith in Jesus Christ. Eternal life. It, it's really easy kind of in this moment to man just start thinking about how am I going to die? How am I going to die? Is it going to be with, with this disease or a car accident? Or, or how am I going to die? And what, what I believe Paul is dragging us into here and saying into our hearts, like, hey, I want you to see the importance. I want you to spend more praying, more time praying about and less time worrying about how you're going to die. I want you to spend more time praying about how you're going to live. Because you know what? Death is this thing, and, and, and we're all going to cross it. we got bad odds here in Pikeville and Appalachian, Kentucky, and the world, really. Ten out of ten people die. It drags us back to this reality that the only thing that matters is our relationship with Jesus. And to say, man, if, I, I, if I'm anchored in there, I really don't need to worry about death. It is not something to fear. That Paul could even go as far to say is to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And I believe looking at the cross, we can begin to separate our fear of dying into like this joy of living. Like God has given me this moment, this season, this place, this time. And I'm going to see the unseen and what is behind me the second thing we see is not what's behind us um, but this thing that we can't see but is incredibly important and a big part of the scripture starts out in 4 7 we see what's inside us and what's inside you if you're a believer and follower of Jesus Christ what is inside of you is this light shining in your heart What is inside of you is God himself. What is inside of you is the Holy Spirit. 
that through which we get this strength. And we get this thing, if you want to take a note, the first one was in, in the cross, and behind us we see victory over death. In this and what is inside us, we see the power to persevere. And I love this illustration. It's so beautiful if you just read it. This treasure in clay jars. This reality of the frailty of our bodies and our flesh, and yet in these things, in these very weak things, uh, are this great treasure that is God's presence himself. I think it was kind of, I was thinking about this, like a paper plate with a ribeye on it. You know what I mean? That's like what I was thinking. Like, how, And so I love steak and a ribeye, prime rib, whatever, sirloin, I'll eat it. I love it, all right? But on a paper plate, right? But if I was eating it off the paper plate, I would never be so confused that this is so delicious because of this paper plate. Right? I would know that the substance, and this is what he says, it makes it clear that, that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. That we can know that we should not forget that we are not God. That we are not in control, that we do not know best, and that anything good that comes out of our lives and out of our community and out of our church is just by the grace of God. And that we can know it's not the plate that matters. It's not the shell that matters. It is the great power of God. What's he got power to do? Oh, man, I love these verses. We're going to spend just a minute here uh, walking through these. Um, and, and what this does is realizing this, that the power of society is going to stamp out any pride in your life to where you could ever think that you've got your act together and that you're the one running the show or I'm the one running the show or that I have control of my own life and circumstances. Yeah, I can do my best, make wise decisions, but at the end of the day, we have to trust God in his will and his outcome and his plans. Verse 8, he says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. Think about this. We are pressed on every side. That Greek word, hard-pressed, troubled, pressed, squeezed, oppressed, pressured. We are pressured. We're under these troubles. This is Paul writing 2,000 years ago. And what I really want us to get out of this is this sense that this is not new, that actually things have always been this way. We're not the first generation to face this crazy uncertainty. I mean, this country has been through civil wars, world wars. We are not the first country that, that as a nation, has began to falter and, and question our ability to have world power. Like, we are a baby nation. This is not the first time things have been this way. And that God was in those moments and people, and God is in this moment. And he tells us in these moments, we are going to be pressed on every side as followers of him. Every side means you imagine it is going to be bad in that place, in every circumstance, in every situation. Uh, it, it is going to be bad and trouble. It's going to be all around you in place and occasion in every imaginable way on every side. You are going to be pr under pressure, like about to bust, but you never bust. You are never crushed, it says. We are pressed on every side by troubles. But you will not be crushed. You are not crushed. You will not be crushed. You will not break because of the power that's inside of you. He says we are perplexed. 
I mean, if that's not you right now, it's me like looking around and saying, what is going on? When I have to ask myself continually, what is the right thing to do? I don't know right from wrong anymore. I'm an adult man. I'm 40, almost. That was a throwback to that coach, football coach. I don't know, you have to look it up. And I don't know right from wrong. I don't know the good thing to do in every situation. And I'm wondering, I'm at a loss, I'm doubting. I'm questioning. I'm wondering which way to go, what to do, what to say. It's like people ask me questions, I don't really have an answer. I'm perplexed. But what is beautiful about this, he says we will be perplexed, but not driven to despair. That means we will not be pushed into a place while we may question, we will never be hopeless And we will never not have assurance. And we will never not have this sense of security that God has made promises over his children. And and that that we are his, his sons and daughters and that he loves us and that he works all things to our good. And that, that he will go with us all the way into the end of the age. That he will never leave us. That he will never forsake us. Like we have, we will never be in despair. Come on. We might be confused, but we're not going to be without hope or without assurance that God loves us and is in control. It says we are hunted down or persecuted, but never abandoned by God. As his followers, yeah, we're going to be hunted down, we're going to be criticized, persecuted, but we, again, will never be alone. You have, I have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. The fourth thing he says is we get knocked down. As Chumbawamba would say, we get up again. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Here's what I want you to see. You may be laying on the mat. All right? You might have taken a, 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 a one, two, Right, hook, whatever. I don't know anything about boxing. But you may have taken it to the face. like, And it may have addled you and rattled you and taken you to the mat. But you will never, they, there will still be breath in your lungs. I'm talking spiritually. I'm talking in your relationship with Christ and your relationship with this mission he has for you. That the true believer will never be knocked off that box and hit the mat and not get up. Like Paul just says it plain as if there's still breath in your lungs and the power that is inside of you. It's the thing you can't see that is inside of you that says you might get knocked down but you will not be knocked out. That You will keep breathing, that you will continue to follow, that you will continue to love and serve and be what you're called to be, even though for a season, in this moment, in this time, you've been put to the mat. He says we will get knocked down, but we are not destroyed when we see what's inside of us. And the power that what that means in this 
earthly shell, this this clay, uh, uh, clay, this this pottery, this clay fixture, this thing that this amazing treasure that is God rests inside. We find that power that converts and take an old man and make a new man. In that we find power to take dead things and breathe life into them. He is the God of life, of resurrection. We find in him his ability to take my broken self and all the things that come with me and breathe his divine nature out of me into the world. In that we find the power to give us both an abundant and eternal life. So as we're looking to see the unseen, we want to see what's behind us. We want to see the cross. We want to see what's inside of us. We want to see God taking up residence when we've just accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior and followed him. He takes up residence inside of us, and that gives us ability to see what is in front of us. 2 Corinthians 4.12 says, So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. The problem we begin having is we start to see everything that is actually temporary as permanent. That we see this life from birth to the grave because we have feeble, mortal minds that we cannot grasp that this temporary season that says, the Bible says life is just but this vapor that comes for a little while and then it's gone. But we get so wrapped up, not just in the span of a life, but in the span of a week, in the span of a day. And we, we think this is so, uh, so life-changing and so critical and all of this is what matters. And, and Paul says all of these things are temporary. This, I, you have eternal life. We can't even comprehend that. We can't even comprehend what that means and what this Really, this life is on the blip of eternity. He goes on to say, we know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. He says, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. I mean, this is coming from a man who's getting beaten. <laughs> this is coming from a man who, who has given up his, his, all of the comforts of a home and is traveling all over the known world into new places and getting cast into prison and then getting brought out of prison and then shipwrecks and then going hungry and then, and then having nothing and then like, I mean, sometimes having some things and then somebody taking care of him and then having nowhere to sleep. Like this is like we are, like we sit with our live stream and our, and our Wi-Fi and all uh, the cabinets full and, and we wring our hands and talk about these present troubles. And he says they're small and won't last very long. And in the future and what we see in front of us, when we look beyond the brevity of life, we find 
a hope that sustains us. When we see the things that are unseen, when we see Christ's victory over death that can be our victory over death if we just accept him, when we see the power that really rests inside of us for perseverance, when we see that we have eternal life in front of us and, and, and we, we place our hearts and minds on heavenly things and not earthly things, we have a hope that sustains us. One author said this, We will not forsake our eternal reward because of the intensity of today's pain. When he says the weight uh, when he says the glory vastly outweighs them, I, I imagine that like scales, right? If you can imagine a balance and scales, and you set all of your troubles on one side, and you felt like, man, that is like just, that is so much weight. It is so bad. And, and on this, we, we're just going to rest it on this balance or a teeter-totter, and we're going to set it there, and it's probably like some bricks. And you feel like it's heavy. And Paul says, whoa, you think that's heavy. This glory that is to come, that is into the future, that is in eternity, that this bliss that you have been promised, that you are guaranteed of, that you have assurance in your faith in me, like it's like anvils and grand pianos and houses and trucks and like all this weighing on the other side, like all this. If you just for a moment see the things you can't see, you would know how much God loves you. In the midst of chaos. So I asked this question at the beginning. I'm thinking about it now. Where is God in all this? Where is God in all the, the, the death that's around us? Uh, the, the fear that is around us? The division that is in the middle of all of us? Right, the, the crazy politics, the crazy economics, the, the, all the stuff that we just can't sort out. Where will he be found? Where is he? If he will be found in chaos, it will be in you and it will be in me. In a world that is losing it. They're going to see the unseen. We have to be the unseen. This is what Paul was sharing with them. Yeah, I want you to, to see the unseen. But he also goes on to say that because of your faith, because of these troubles and these trials that you faith, and your faith proves true through that, people around you are going to see and they're going to know that in your calm disposition and your confidence in the future and, and, and your just complete faith in him and in our selflessness and the way we, we show compassion and we love our neighbors and enemies in the way that, that, that like we're living different than the world and pursuing to be as much Christ-like and as holy and as close to him as we can be. We're not doing all the things everybody else is doing. And, and in our love for one another, in that very place, and this is how God will be seen this is how the 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 world can see the unseen is through you and through me in verse 15 it said grace reaches more and more people and our faith proven 
Now, see, when we live our life on mission, when we're not living our life for ourselves, but we're dying to ourselves, when we're denying ourselves and we're taking up our cross daily and, and we're dying to our own desires and our own dreams and our own wills, and, and then it, it begins to pour life into us and purpose that is all about this being on mission with Him. And, we, and when we do that, the world can see the unseen, because we've seen uh, a lot of headlines maybe, but maybe we could just think back over this week, and maybe this could be some of the headlines. Single parent receives COVID kit for son who tested positive for COVID. Kit included all the vitamins, snacks, supplements to help treat the symptoms. Lunch ladies and resource center folks providing extra lunches to those in need, finding in their place, in their lane, and in their walk, and their vocation, and their relationships, and their resources, God is living out his mission and their being the church. Struggling single mom gets yard mowed by neighbor. New gaga pit built by the hands of faithful friends for kids in Pikeville. Faith Life Market saying thank you with free drinks to those working in healthcare and education. Maybe those are the headlines. Maybe if we look at one another, maybe if we see the unseen, we can be the unseen and change this world. One other thought before I close. But if we're constantly outraged, this is what one author said, but if we're constantly outraged, disgusted, discouraged, or panicked, then we haven't come to grips with the Bible's grim description of the world. We aren't fully trusting in our coming, conquering, reigning king. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's probably going to get worse. But the gospel will continue to triumph. Jesus will remain on the throne. And Jesus will finally rid the world of wickedness. My question, my call, my prayer for myself and you this morning, let us see the unseen. Let us rest on Christ's victory over death. Let us not forget the power of perseverance that is inside of us, that God's presence. That let us not forget the hope that can sustain us, that we've got eternal life, and eventually we're going to step into God's new heaven and new earth, and we're going to be with Jesus face to face. We're going to be with each other, and it's just going to be all the former things will have passed away. But for the moment, for the time, for the season, we're not just going to see the unseen. We're going to be it. We're not God. We can't control things, but we can be his hands and his feet and we can be the God our neighbor maybe the only God the only version of God our neighbor ever sees God we thank you for this time together we thank you for this moment God as we just hunger to be on mission with you because we hunger to join you in how you are loving and showing your love to this world God, my cry and my heart's call is for anybody that's listening this morning who is just, they've never gone all in with you. They've never given you their life. 
God, that today would just be a day where they just, they, they celebrate the truth and they, they repent and they turn from their ways and just know their only hope is to trust in you, that you are actually a loving father who has made a way of escape and salvation for them from their own brokenness and sin. And God, for those of us that are walking with you, that we would not be hesitant, that we would stand square on mission with you, and that you would give us the strength like you've promised you would, that we would not forget that we might be hard-pressed, but we will not be crushed, that, that we might be perplexed, but we will never be in despair, that, that we might be hunted down and persecuted. But God, we will not be abandoned, and, and even though... God, we might get knocked down to the mat and lose our feet out from under us. We will not be knocked out. And because of this, and therefore because of your power and your strength, we will not lose heart. Actually, in this day, in this moment, we gain heart. God, we're not just getting back up. We're getting up swinging you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.